Dos. Trace. Catorsi. Hello, all you happy innovators out there. How you guys doing today, huh? I know I promised you some Singularity podcasts a couple weeks ago in that last episode I did. Uh, talking about when I made that trip back to my hometown and all that kind of stuff. And I did make a couple new Singularity podcasts for you. The problem was is that I just kind of... Hmm, after listening to them and, you know, thinking about things a little bit, I kind of felt that I probably shouldn't continue down that path. And I'll tell you why. Because although it was not my intention, okay, I think I did have a tendency to come across a little bit negative And, you know, I really want to avoid that kind of stuff on the Singularity Podcast. I mean, it's hard enough to find content that's positive anyway. So um, I decided to scrap those two episodes uh, and, you know, maybe to be released at a later date or something after I think about it more or reconsider or whatever. But in the meantime, I decided I would sit down today and do a little bit of talking for you. Um, not about Cleveland and negative stuff, because a lot of it is. But I figured I would just talk to you. You know, I don't really have a plan, but uh, I felt the itch to make a podcast today. That happens from time to time. So let's see, what can I talk about today? Well, first of all, <laughs> while I'm thinking about everything here, I'll grab a little sip of my coffee. Oh, man. So good. Okay, so here's what I'm going to talk about. There's a word. Um, narcissism. And uh, it's a word that gets floated around a lot nowadays, especially on the news and on the Internet. You hear, you hear a lot about narcissism. And I think about that a lot, okay, because I am a content creator. I promote myself. So if I don't promote my content, then nobody else is really going to promote it for me. I have to actively use, you know, things like social media and, you know, the Internet in general, really, to promote my art, right? So right off the bat, I have to kind of pause for a moment and consider this streak of narcissism that unfortunately is necessary for somebody like me in order to promote what I'm doing. But having said that, okay, um, I have to also say that I try consciously, I try, I really do, to avoid being narcissistic as much as I can, okay? It kind of embarrasses me a little bit, and it's kind of, you know... I guess for lack of a better word, it's kind of like shameful to me, you know, to be talking about oneself all the time, you know? You know what I mean, 
um, so I have to put a governor on that, you know, I have to kind of watch it and make sure that, you know, I keep that in check. And I think overall I do a pretty good job of it, okay? But lately, okay, and I suppose this has been happening forever, but it just seems to be happening like a lot more uh, right now. Um, I'll be in a situation where I'm talking to someone about something like, you know, I went to see a movie and uh, the movie was really good and blah, 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 blah. I'm talking about this movie experience that I had and the person that I'm explaining it to in some kind of like, you know, verbal judo maneuver, they flip the conversation from being about me and going to this movie that I saw to something about them. Okay, so now we're talking about them. And it's kind of annoying, okay? It's subtle, but it's there, and it's kind of annoying to me, all right? And it happens all the time. I mean, all the time with everyone. And I'm guilty of it, too, I'm sure. I'm not immune or exempt from guilt on this topic, but like I said, I do try to keep it in check. It just seems to me like most other people don't, okay? And it really chaps my ass sometimes, you know? It's like I'm trying to, you know, sometimes I'm trying to elicit like a response or advice from someone or, or information from someone and rather than answering my question or speaking to my point, they go off into some other thing about them. So we're not really having a conversation. It's more like, you know, a clash of ego, <laughs> you know, ultimately, that's what it boils down to. It's frustrating. And I suppose that this kind of behavior is, you know, a lot more acceptable or predominant right now because of social media and things like that, where that's kind of the name of the game, right? Like everybody's promoting themselves. It's about them, you know? Um, but it's not always such a good thing and it's not always a polite thing to do. And more often than not, it seems to me like people are not really listening anymore. It's almost as if they're just waiting for their turn to speak. Do you know what I mean? Um, I do want to quickly, before I continue with this discussion, just for the sake of discussion and maybe a little bit of tradition uh, here on the Singularity Podcast, I'm going to read you the definition of narcissism, okay? And I'm going to bust out my handy-dandy new Oxford American Dictionary, a very reliable source of information, published in the millions, billions probably at this point. And I'm going to read you that definition of narcissism. Okay. Narcissism. Extreme selfishness with a grandiose view of one's own talents 
and a craving for admiration as characterizing a personality type. Self-centeredness arising from failure to distinguish the self from external objects. Okay. And I suppose I can read the origin of the word narcissist or narcissism is narcissus, uh, a character from Greek mythology. Okay. Um, I'll read you the definition of narcissus. Okay. Narcissus. A beautiful youth who rejected the nymph Echo and fell in love with his own reflection in a pool. He pined away and was changed into the flower that bears his name. So that's the definition of narcissism. Now, I wonder if you understand what I'm talking about. You know, I wonder if you get it and if you agree. But, you know, I don't I don't know about you guys, okay? But, like, I don't know how much time you spend looking for new music and things like that. But I do spend some time, um, you know, actively seeking out new bands and new music and things like that. Okay? And... Most of the time when I'm doing that, a lot of the stuff is okay or, or maybe uh, average or maybe below average, okay? But every once in a while, I'll come across a new band that I'd never heard of before and they'll be really good and really interesting to me, you know? And uh, I wanted to talk about this because I found this one band. They're called Mars Argo. And they're from, I believe, Chicago. Um, They had this song called Using You. Um, I stumbled across the video. You know, it looked like it was a major label production. It was like, you know, high quality video production. And the song was just excellent. You know, like every once in a while, you just find one of those bands, you know. And, uh... There's a band called The Joy Formidable. I found them the same way, you know, just kind of fishing, you know, just throwing the nets out and just seeing what kind of music I can tap into. And um, it's kind of cool, right? Because uh, once you get into like a thread of uh, unsigned bands and uh, independent music, you know, you really start to unearth like a lot of music. I mean, there's a lot of music going on out there. And like I said, this band, Mars Argo, had made my radar, you know, um, and this song, Using You. So I started to kind of like listen to the song and check them out and kind of research them and kind of see what I could find. All right. And uh, it was really kind of funny to me because, well, it was funny, but it was also kind of a little bit depressing and I'll tell you why because apparently okay this band came and went already so they're not even around anymore really they broke up maybe a couple years ago but they were really good you know and it turns out that the, the guitar player I forget his name his name is like Titanic something some kind of stage name okay well he was like the songwriter, I guess, in the band. And they have Mars Argo, who was the singer, this little blonde chick 
you know, wearing a pixie collar and kind of like singing all like, you know, really kind of reminiscent of like the Ronettes and the Supremes, like that kind of sound, that, that Phil Spector wall of sound kind of thing. And that uh, singing like that, you know, uh, Ronnie Spector, you know, or whatever her name was. Um, so it was really interesting music, but okay, so the band split up and this guitar player went on to find another singer that he's working with. I think her name is uh, Poppy or something like that. Okay, it's not important. Um, and their music is like, okay, like the music they're making right now is like, okay, uh, I guess it's, you know, it does well on YouTube and all that kind of stuff, but doesn't really interest me too much. What I'm interested in is Mars Argo, this older band, right? Well, there was a lawsuit uh, involved here where Mars Argo, the singer from this band, Mars Argo, was suing this guitar player, okay, for starting this new group with this singer Poppy and stealing the sound and the image of Mars Argo. So she was, so the singer Mars Argo was suing the guitar player for like a plagiarism. Okay. And I thought that that was really interesting. It's also kind of depressing and stupid at the same time because it's like, ugh, you know, what it turns into is like any kind of presence they have online right now is kind of like all about the lawsuit. You know, it's not about the music or anything like that. It's about, you know, this stupid lawsuit. And I guess the the lawsuit, you know, wrapped up and uh, it wound up being dismissed in court or something, which is thoroughly unimportant to me. Okay, but what you can't find online, at least I haven't been able to find it yet. Okay, is like, you know, a history of the band and just, you know, just kind of getting into like the music and who was writing what and what was recorded when and how, you know, where did they work and where did they tour and what were their concerts like, you know? Um, and it was really kind of a, a funny thing to me. It kind of sent me off thinking about all that kind of stuff and just how um, this idea of plagiarism and uh, posing and and kind of co-opting the look and sound of another band and, you know, claiming it as your own. You know, it's something that's been going on since I was a little kid. You know, I remember, uh, you know, growing up playing clubs and, and all that kind of stuff and all the bands that were startups and, you know, getting things going. They were all kind of in their own way doing something like that, you know, um, emulating their influences and things like that, you know. But there's this band called Greta Von Fleet. And, oh my gosh, it's like facepalm. Like, I can't believe it, okay? They are totally ripping off Led Zeppelin. And I'm not talking like, you know, how Jane's Addiction, uh, you know, ripped off Led Zeppelin or Smashing Pumpkins or something, Okay. We're talking about blatant, you know, undiluted, flat out ripping off Led Zeppelin's sound. 
you know, 100%, like to the point where a song starts and you can't tell the difference between Led Zeppelin and this new band. I mean, you would believe that it's a new Led Zeppelin song or something. Okay. And what, you know, and I guess what I want to talk about is not so much that they're doing that because, you know, what are you going to do? They're just a band that, you know, <laughs> they're, they're trying to make it right. They're trying to become popular. So, you know, the easiest way to do that, especially to a generation of younger kids who are probably not too familiar with Led Zeppelin, right? They know more about Justin Bieber than they do about Led Zeppelin, you know? So, you know, they're going to hear this band, Greta Von Fleet, and they're not going to understand exactly where they're getting this sound from. All they're going to know is that it sounds good, you know, because it does. It's a formula, and of course it sounds good because, you know, Led Zeppelin did it about 30 years ago, and it's not like, you know, this band, Greta Von Fleet, is derivative of Led Zeppelin. They are completely ripping them off, you know? And it speaks to what I was talking about earlier with Mars Argo, you know, this idea of plagiarism, okay? And I don't know about you, and I don't know how old you are listening to this podcast, okay? But I'm 47 years old, so there was a time that I remember vividly, okay, when being derivative of another band was a negative thing, okay? Like, uh, if in the review for your new band that you were in, you, you know, it was mentioned that you sounded like another band, it wasn't necessarily a good thing, okay? Maybe if you sounded like five bands, okay? You know, mixed in, a mixture of this band, this band, this band, and this band. That was good, okay, good. But if you sound like this band, one band, you know, uh, not such a good thing. As a young band, an up-and-coming band or, you know, whatever, uh, you want to sound original, right? I mean, that's the goal. At least it should be. And I just think it's hilarious with this band, Greta Von Fleet, that not so much, you know, it's a, a flat-out ripoff. And that's acceptable, you know? Somehow that became acceptable. And <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it has something to do with living in a, you know, post-sound sampling music industry, you know, where this idea of remixes and mashups, uh, you know, uh, is so common now and so overdone that it becomes acceptable to just flat out rip somebody off, you know, to, to totally cop the the sound and feeling of another band that's been mega successful and just copy it, you know, um, unabashedly, you know, without reservation, completely ripping off the sound. If you listen to Greta Von Fleet, you'll know exactly what I mean. And the funny thing is, though, is that, you know, with Led Zeppelin, 
okay? The band that Greta Von Fleet, in my opinion, is completely ripping off, okay? Uh, with Led Zeppelin, they had, well, one, they were the originals, okay? Like, uh, I saw this thing, it was uh, a YouTube video, uh, what made John Bonham so great? What made John Bonham from Led Zeppelin such a great drummer? And they have this, like, you know, diatribe about all the things he did that are technical or whatever. You want to know why John Bonham was so great? And let me tell you, I've been drumming for about 40 years, okay? I'm going to tell you why John Bonham is so great, all right? Because he was the first. Because he was an original, okay? That's why. Yes, he was a technically proficient drummer, Yes, he reinvented how the instrument was played and changed rock and roll drumming forever, okay? Without question, John Bonham did that, okay? But why was he great? Because he was the first. He made it up. He thought it up. He came up with the ideas, okay? We just happened to copy everything he did. You know, every rock drummer since John Bonham, you know, has copied everything he's done, in some form or another. But it was the fact that he was an original. He was the first one, you know? That's usually what makes someone great. Unless you're Freddie Mercury or something, because he's just great, like, on a whole different level. Trust me. <laughs> he's just... Uh, I could do a whole Singularity podcast on, you know, how amazing Freddie Mercury was. Um, but I won't. Uh, I digress. Anyway, um, so, you know, Led Zeppelin had this sense of being the first. Led Zeppelin was the original, you know? And there was a chemistry. And the sound that they made was found by these four people, you know? Yeah, maybe their producers had something to do with it, maybe a little bit, but let's face it. With a group like Led Zeppelin uh, that has a body of work that they have and the legendary status that they enjoy, okay, um, they had a chemistry and those songs were written by them. They were, you know, I'm sure the sound of Led Zeppelin was hard found. It was hard to, hard to do, uh, required these specific four people the chemistry between them, the sounds that they made, how their instruments were tuned and how the tones were dialed in. I mean, everything. And and the aesthetic, too, as well. You know, they had a look. Uh, Led Zeppelin had their own look. And, um, you know, so much so that, you know, every singer, right, since Robert Plant, in some form or another, has emulated him. Okay. Um, same with guitar players, right? I mean, Jimmy Page was a uh, watershed moment for the instrument of the guitar, you know? Um, legions of musicians post-Jimmy Page have co-opted his sound or, what you know, his style in some form or another. Um, but with this band, Greta Von Fleet, okay, um, you have a band 
that is copying the sound of Led Zeppelin. Okay. But they can't copy everything. Okay. And they don't have the look and the chemistry, in my opinion, okay, of Led Zeppelin. They don't stand, they don't have the same charisma as Led Zeppelin. They can copy the sound, you know, they can, they can mimic the style of songwriting and singing and performing that Led Zeppelin made famous, but they can't copy everything. And, you know, I wish them all the success, right? Uh, but just in my opinion, okay, a really lunk-headed maneuver. I mean, I suppose it would be one thing if, you know, they had a couple of songs that were very reminiscent of Led Zeppelin, okay? But to hack the Led Zeppelin sound and just claim it as your own, I don't know. It sounds a lot like plagiarism to me. Okay. And uh, plagiarism is something to be avoided. Especially if you don't want to get sued. You know? Um, I don't know. Maybe it's like this. I'm an old man in a young man's game. Uh, I'm out of touch. You know, I think that these things still matter. You know, things like originality <laughs> and uh, creativity, you know, like these things still matter. And maybe I'm wrong. You know, maybe they don't matter anymore. Uh, highly possible. Maybe, you know, plagiarism is in. Uh, plagiarism is no longer uh, plagiarism. It's tribute, you know, to an icon. Uh, you know, maybe that's what it is. You know, uh, I don't know. I could be wrong. Um, I still say, no matter how you slice it, there's nothing like being the original, you know? Uh, no matter how unpopular what you create is, it's so much better to be original yet unpopular than it is to be plagiarizing someone else and becoming popular for it. That's just my opinion. So, anyway, I'm going to leave it there for today. This is Mike Bostwick from Pipe Choir Records signing off. And remember, folks, if you want to keep what you've got, you've got to give it away. Take it easy. <laughs>